With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, and iHeartRadio. What a night to get through. We had a near no-hitter that went extra innings. We got the Colin Kaepernick rally. We have quarterback news in the NFL. Big time quarterback news. I mean, I don't mean like people big... sitting on the edge no, of their no, no, no. chairs, biting their fingernails to nubs. I don't mean big time like Tom Brady and Cam Newton. No, I mean big time like Chad Henney and Josh McCown. But first, apparently, the Powerball drawing has many people on edge. We had a nearer incident yeah. down the street here going to get. The various confections and sundries and sugar, <laughs> caffeine uh, mix that gets us through uh, an average evening here. In Just the say Geico we went Studios. to the liquor store. We go to the liquor store every night. Just, it's okay to say it. I you thought it was more it. poetic the it's way okay. I said it. 
Uh, it was, but I think people would like, hey, hey, tell it to me straight. You went to a liquor store? I'll tell it to you straight. It's a liquor liquor store, store. and occasionally we buy sugary things. We go to the liquor store right as a group of, what, about seven people walk in. This is about 12 minutes ago, and they all wanted to buy Powerball tickets. They were very angry about it, too. And the people at the liquor store said, I can't sell it to you. The time is out for it, and if you buy them now, you buy them for Saturday. And I thought there was going to be a riot. Because a Powerball drawing is coming up, and you know, no one's won in in weeks. And now, I thought there was going to be a fight. Woman's going, "This is illegal. You cannot do this. This is illegal. This is." I'm like, "Wow, it's illegal." But the guy said, they, "Listen, I, I can't do it." So apparently, they, they cut off at least they cut it off at least yeah. 59 minutes. Looking at the official Powerball.com, so it's website. like being at a bar when they say last call, it's last call. And each state may cut off. At a different time, but it's okay. at least fifty-nine minutes before the drawing. And I gotta say, wait, wait, wait. At least it, like it, it's gotta be at fifty-nine least minutes. Fifty-nine minutes prior to the drawing, so it could be it's two correct. hours before the yeah. drawing, depending on the state. Less than fifty-nine can't, minutes. Yes, okay. can't be any more, any closer to the drawing time. So, and I would say this in their defense, we have been going there. Not every day, but pretty close. Yeah. For almost four years doing the show here together in the Geico Studios. Have they ever given you a discount on anything? No. Are you no, kidding? They no. are taking every dime that you want to put up on the counter. Ergo, if they had the opportunity to keep selling Powerball tickets, are you telling me that not only would they be looking to get the extra two bucks, they may create a secondary market of tickets in that final four, 59 minutes? Okay, so this was not an individual decision. If they could have hacked the code to keep selling tickets, I guarantee you they would have. But yet that was not going to happen and appease these people that came in. But one guy was funny because they're standing in front and they're blocking the aisle. Yeah. And he goes, just get the hell out of the way. I want to buy a soda. (laughs) (laughs) This is illegal. Illegal. And if anything, they raise the prices for us when we go in. How do you? They're like, do you know how far we drove? And they're like, I don't care. (laughs) I drove all the way to this liquor store to buy power. Nope, can't. It's got to be for Saturday. So that was I. I thought that well, I'm glad we got our stuff. Security guy was circulating. Oh. He's normally there a little later in the evening, but he was already up and mobile. Well, you know what? Powerball's a very, very big, very deal. popular thing. How Cash awesome, value four forty three. How awesome would it be if two and twenty three were two of the Powerball numbers? Considering Kyrie and LeBron, the big stories this week. How awesome would that be? That'd be great. Oh, really, man. that would just warm my heart. And like you have no idea. <laughs> Twitter and how about a fresca? Twitter. <laughs> At How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon. Meanwhile, near Major League Baseball history tonight. I can't believe Harvey Haddix isn't trending. Nice. Rich Hill of the Dodgers took a no-hitter into the not seventh inning, not eighth, not ninth, but into the tenth inning against the Pirates. This is because the Dodgers couldn't score a run. And How about the other a, side of nothing, that equation against a game? Middling would be a kind yeah. way to describe Mr. Williams going into tonight's action. Pitched out of multiple jams, goes eight strong in eight shutout innings himself. So you're ripping the Dodgers, who are, are 53 games over 500. I'm for, just saying the guy. The Dodgers, I'm really? saying the guy did a great job, and nobody Dodgers. and nobody cares. This is ridiculous. How I'm, do we not get a run? I am saying that pitcher? Trevor Williams had himself a fantastic He's game. So underachieving. Seven hits. Four walks, five strikeouts in his eight shutout innings, and his name will only be brought up by me. 
Rich Hill was bailed out a couple of times by the home plate umpire on questionable strike calls to keep the perfect game going. Chase Utley, full extension to save the perfect game in the eighth inning, but the Dodgers couldn't dent the scoreboard. So we go to the 10th inning. The Dodgers go out 1-2-3 in the top of the 10th. Rich Hill comes back out for the 10th inning because he was only at 95 pitches. And then he threw pitch number 99. And a swing and a fly ball out to left, down the line. Granderson on the warning track. And where is it? Where is it? It's gone. It disappears over the wall. And Josh Harrison wins it. Pirates Radio Network on the call. We'll have much more on this story coming up in a little bit less than 10 minutes from now because, quite honestly, the big winner of the night was not Rich Hill. It was not Josh Harrison. It was not the Pirates. And I'm not going to tell you it's Major League Baseball or the fans. There was one was, clear winner. Was it Major League Baseball? Or was it really Major it League Baseball? It was a great game that ended in less than three it hours. Wasn't, it wasn't Major League Baseball. It wasn't the fans. It wasn't Rich Hill. It wasn't Josh Harrison. It wasn't the Pirates. Is it Batman? It's not Batman. Though Josh Harrison was a very happy guy. Batman. Thank you, Mayor. Not Batman. Uh, but here's Josh Harrison after the game. Feels awesome. Trev did a good job of throwing. He kept us in the game. Rivera and Nicasio did a good job of keeping it there. We knew we had a chance to win with one hit. I mean, it's a funny game. You, you look up, we couldn't really get anything going. We just, I mean, one run is not hard to get, but it is hard to get. And now they're banging each other. I love the stadium interviews after the game where he's just going to talk. But here's the one thing. This is why people are so particular about their play-by-play guys. Because I'm listening to the game on the radio, and I'm getting the Pirates call going back and forth. you got the Pirates. I have mm-hmm. the Dodgers on, on AM570. And uh, my car was in a bad spot, and I couldn't get the Dodger the Dodger call. So that's flipped, a new car, too. So I mean, I that's not the, good, well, man. It's the freeway. Look, there's parts, there's parts of Sepulveda Pass in L.A. It's really difficult. So I flipped over to the Pirates when I couldn't hear it, and, I heard, and I'm, I'm listening to that part of the game. Not once, not once are they giving Rich Hill's pitch count, telling me if anybody is up in the bullpen. None of it. I'm going, all they're doing is saying, well, remember Harvey Haddix. Remember there was a no-hitter here that went more than nine innings. I'm going, how about you tell me about the bleeping game? I want to know. How many how many pitches is Rich Hill at? Not going to tell me. Is there anybody up in the bullpen? Not going to tell me. I mean, t- you got to tell me these things. These are the biggest things of the game. Is Rich Hill going to come out and pitch in the 10th inning? I mean, that's what everybody wants to know. The whole world, the whole crux of the world was on that one play right there. And they were like, yeah, but remember back in 1906 when it happened, when they were the Brooklyn Superbas, and I'm going, oh, you've got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me on this. Well, sometimes you have to celebrate May 26, 1959, when Harvey Haddix had his big day. The hat. Harvey Haddix. Right, I mean, that's... And look at he's in a pirate's uni and all these glorious black and white images. Ergo, they're going to stick with the home. Ah, forget about what Rich Hill's doing. Let's go into our history a bit. So they weren't thinking about you sitting on the Sepulveda Pass. I've also told many friends and family, if I ever go dark, in other words, you can't get a hold of me, mm-hmm. look for me anywhere near the Sepulveda Pass. Okay. That's where I've met my demise. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter. At How About a Fresca? Again, the big winner from Rich Hill's near no-hitter that stretched into the 10th inning before he lost it, coming up in 10 minutes. I'm but, very, very excited no, about no, it. No, Tim, Tim you're, look, Tim, you're always a winner, buddy. You're always a winner with me. 
23 did show up in the Powerball, by the way. 23 did? Yeah. Oh. So there you go. Breaking Bron, news. Bron, yo. Bron brought in the Powerball. What are the numbers? You got the numbers? Yeah. What do you got? Go ahead. From uh, Tim Conway Jr. I'm go ahead. here over at KFI. Go ahead. What uh, got? Six, seven. Wait, wait, wait. So we had Bill Sanchez. Russell. We had Sanchez and Geno Smith showing up in the Powerball. 16. Uh, and we had Testaverde. 23. Uh, uh, Sean Green. Well, and, okay, but I'm just thinking Jets. 23 he, is when it? he was with the Jets. Yeah, okay, sure. Sean Green. Okay. I thought yeah, I'm thinking Sean not Green. Sean is a Green. Baseball player. Yeah, no, okay. Not All right, so Dodgers Sean Green. Yeah. Sean Green, 23. Go ahead. 26. Ooh, Defensive back. <laughs> yeah, that's like Lester Lyles or, uh, yeah, that's tough. 20. Eric Coleman, 26. There you go. Okay. And the Powerball was number four. Oh, Brett Favre. I could have played Jets quarterbacks and almost won. I could have played <laughs> in the strength of Jets quarterbacks and I could have almost won the Powerball. How about that? I mean, seriously, I could have almost won. I could have played Favre, Sanchez, and Gino and Testaverde Erroneous. and almost won the Powerball. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Almost. Oh. Well, you would have gotten four. I, but I would have never. But I would have never done. I would have never done twenty three. I would have never done that. I would. I would have done twenty three, twenty six. No, I wouldn't have done that. That would have been tough. Do I would always played Curtis Martin. I'd have played twenty eight, right. which would have really pissed me off if twenty six came in. And I would probably. Oh, I might have played Revis. I might have played twenty four. Can you imagine if I get that four and then I play twenty four and twenty eight and twenty three and twenty six come in? That would have been something. Oh, uh, I could have almost won in the strength of Jet Quarter. Who said Jet quarterbacks don't win anything? I could have almost won the Powerball. I could have almost won the Powerball, buddy. But you would, but you wouldn't have. So it's okay. Oh. Now, if that had come in to where it would have been all Jets quarterbacks, oh, okay. that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been comical and a benchmark moment for this show so forever. Four, six, seven, sixteen, twenty-three, twenty-six. Correct. And Powerball goes up to what? Like forty-eight. What's Powerball? What, what numbers did they go up to in Powerball? 54? Uh, 54, I think. And no number above 26 came up. Actually, it's 69 balls. Does, it's 60, and, no, and it doesn't go higher than, than 26? That, wow. That's, that's, that's insane. When's the last time that's happened? I don't know. Not one Powerball number higher than 20. It's not even halfway. How about you? You, you can run the math on that. You know, here's I'm not going thing. through the past history. I'm just All right. celebrating whoever just walked away with a lot of cash. My grandfather, who used to always play... The lottery always played his serial number from the army, so his number was he would play serial right. So he would play one, three, seven, nine, eleven, and nineteen. And I said, "Pop, pop, those those six numbers are never coming up. One, three, seven, nine, eleven, and th- they're never coming up, Pop." Yeah, but he played it every single week. This is one of those weeks that could have worked. How about this that? one? We could have worked all the Jets quarterbacks. It could have worked, Mike Harmon. Oh, well, it's upsetting. You blew it. You, blew it. you, you didn't even try. Uh, I could have played Favre, Sanchez, and Gina. Sanchez and Gina. Not only did you not winners. try You're to win, your father, you Larry. also almost gotten into a fight because you were too worried about getting your your diet Pepsi <laughs> with those angry mob of people looking to get their tickets. <laughs> Twitter and how about a fresca? The Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend Mike Harmon coming up in fifteen minutes. Love the latest on the Colin Kaepernick protest in New York City today. But straight ahead, Rich Hill, a near-perfect game and a near-10-inning no-hitter. We have the big winner coming up next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And my goodness, I mean it. If With the Powerball numbers that just came up, it goes to 69, 
and no number was higher than 26. Yeah. I could have played Jets quarterbacks and gotten four out of six numbers because Favre, Sanchez, Gino, and Testaverde all came up. Four, six, seven, and 16. That's If I had played that, right, I, I can get 23 and 26. That's got to be like 500 grand, right? Four, I mean, four, uh, numbers? four numbers now. So you're like five, really? No. It's like four hundred. It's like I'm trying to find. Million. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's got to be like it's got to be like five hundred grand for no, that. No, there's a, there's going to be thousands of people across this great. That land. many, really? Yeah. With four numbers. It's a it's a lot of oh. lot of auto picks, right? Just Wait, like Frostburg, your fantasy what, what drafts. Is, what what is it you just said? If I get if I get five, but if not you the get Powerball, all five and not the Powerball, I believe it's two hundred fifty k. Oh, that's cheap! Wow, they're not really helping people out. See, it's not. It's not set though. It's going to be that's, based on how many bad. people have that happen. See, you know, what you do then. You just you just split the seven hundred million dollars among the people that that got the uh, four out of six. No, whatever they got the most, that's who gets it. Yeah, I got. I got to find out the results. <laughs> the I got. I got to figure out what the payouts playing, have been. Playing cause... Jets quarterbacks could have won you. It's got to be at least a few grand, though. It would probably be a couple of grand. All right, yeah. all right. So you, but not been to a that, that life changer that you're looking at. You could. The Jets are not changing your life <laughs> in the Powerball tonight, unless you just need a couple of grand. Maybe that's what you need. Uh, You've got the great okay. million dollar idea, all and right. this is the thing that's going to jumpstart it. You <laughs> haven't been able to grind out that extra couple of bucks. Maybe the kids took a couple extra classes or an extra camp this summer. Maybe you had to get some car repairs. I don't know. But maybe this is the thing that even if it's two grand, suddenly that million-dollar idea has a chance to shine and live, and you change society. And it's all because of the Jets quarterbacks. Yeah, well, you never know. Who said the Jets quarterbacks can't win? I'm going to guess that's not a likely story, but I like that it can happen in this land of opportunity. Meanwhile, speaking of land of opportunity, we nearly had a perfect game tonight in Major League Baseball. We nearly had a 10-inning no-hitter. Rich Hill of the Dodgers in a game that people are going to talk about as the game of the year in Major League Baseball because there were so many twists and turns and dramas. Rich Hill nearly throws a no-hitter for the Dodgers tonight. He goes nine innings, no hits, had a perfect game going into the ninth inning of a 0-0 game. Dodgers couldn't get a run across the board. They had seven hits in the game up until that point. Couldn't score on two Pirates pitchers. And then in the ninth inning, still with a no-hitter, still his pitch count very low, a ground ball to third base changed everything. For Rich Hill, he has struck out 10 batters tonight. This has been just a wonderful game by Hill. The first pitch, ground ball to third. Forsythe can't field it. By the time he picks it up, the runner is safe at first base. Well, that's the first base runner. It was a one-hopper and a very playable ball. That is scored as an error, and rightfully so. Rick Monday, AM 570 with the call. So Forsyth's error knocks out the perfect game from Rich Hill. Next batter up, bunted. I'm okay with bunting to break up a no-hitter. Get him on, get him over, get him in. First of all, bunting to break up a no-hitter and being upset with that is a stupid rule. Secondly... The Pirates are trying to win the game. No, but it's that, nothing, but that, nothing. But, but it's that's 9-0. No, 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 but that's the point is you got to tie the two together. I think if we're talking Dodgers are up 9-0, Yasiel Puig's leading a, a conga line around the bases because they're just boat racing them, then you're bunting in the eighth or ninth inning. <laughs> then I think it's Bush League and we can have some but problems. But it's a sacrifice but it, bunt. But in this you know, case, it's yeah. a sacrifice bunt in a scoreless game. So you're still playing to win the game. See how often we can get Herm mm-hmm. Edwards in on the show? If only he had copyrighted all this stuff. So Hill loses the perfect game in the ninth, but gets out of the ninth inning. So we go to the tenth. Tenth inning, 
Dodgers go out one, two, three. Yasiel Puig waves at a pitch out of the strike zone to end the 10th. Rich Hill comes back out for the bottom of the 10th only at 95 pitches. Remember, Dave Roberts took him out previously for a no-hitter when he was at 89 pitches, I believe, after yep. seven innings. So now he goes back out there for the 10th inning, and now it's Harvey Haddix, and how long can Rich Hill go? Well, it turns out Rich Hill could only go four more pitches. And a swing and a fly ball out to left, down the line. Granderson on the warning track, and where is it? Where is it? It's gone! It disappears over the wall, and Josh Harrison wins it, breaking up the no-hitter with a game-winning home run in the 10th. What a way to win a fantastic ball game! So there's the call right there. Where is it? Where is it? Pirates Radio Network, the Dodgers lose one nothing. Rich Hill, the leadoff home run to Josh Harrison. Curtis Granderson gave it... As, as good an effort as he can in left field. But remember, you know, Curtis Granderson not playing a lot of left field. Not that he would have caught it, but still goes all out. That's why you hear the play-by-play. Play. Where is it? Where is it? Over the fence, home run. Pirates win. After the game, who do you think took the blame for losing? Not Dave Roberts. Not anybody else who played in that game behind Rich Hill. It was Rich Hill. Maybe around the seventh. I think after the seventh inning, you know, realized that, uh, you know, we we had a good chance of having something happen, and uh, you know, falls on me on this one. One bad pitch, ran back over, and you know, tipped my hat. What I think would have been funny is if you would have said, if I hadn't left those five guys on base when I was at the plate <laughs> and gone to it as a hitter, saying that that was why it was his fault. The big winner tonight in this game, in this. Game filled with drama, and and look, Chase Utley made an incredible play to keep the perfect game going, and Rich Hill, a beneficiary of a couple of questionable third strike calls on on full counts, but that's okay. That's the way, it's like a momentum call in college basketball to keep things flowing. It's the same thing. I can already see the big discussion about Dave Roberts. Uh, You know, he's taken guys out before when they've had no hitters and threw seven innings and eight innings. We had the Hill. We had Ross Stripling, very high profile beginning of last year. You're coming out even though you have a no hitter. Your pitch count is not that great. But tonight, Dave Roberts is the big winner because few things win over a team more than leaving a guy in who's got a no hitter. Right now, when Dave Roberts was high, now take you back. Don Mattingly was fired as Dodger manager. Part of the reason is because the front office didn't think Mattingly was going to put out the blueprint that the front office wanted out there. The front office of the Dodgers, they like when the manager is an extension of themselves. This is our blueprint. This is what we want. Mattingly didn't always do that. And so Don Mattingly was dumped. Now in comes Dave Roberts. And now players, even though he's been there a couple of years now, there's still guys that think, well, when push comes to shove, he's going to do exactly what the management wants him to do. And again, Taking out Stripling for that no-hitter, that was a bad deal. That's where a lot of guys in the team go, oh, yeah, because of the pitch count and phone calls that come down or don't come down from the front office and saying, take him out, take him out, take him out. Yeah, when it comes down to it, whose back do you have? Leaving Rich Hill in to go to the 10th inning, and the pitch count had a lot to do with it, being under 100 pitches, and likely the 10th inning was going to be Rich Hill's last inning. Leaving him in there does so much. I mean, as, as as much as Dave Roberts, look, the team likes him. The team is having an incredible season. But this something like this, no matter how long you've been managing a team, it wins him over to go, you know what? Skip's got our back. He's got our back. When it comes down to it, this, he left Rich Hill in when he could have just said, nope, 
the the organization wants me to take him out, and and we're taking him out because we're going to preserve his career. All these different things, and the team goes, ah, oh, okay. I watched that with Terry Collins and the Mets. He left Yoan Santana out there, and that was the last game Santana really ever threw, 128 pitches, and then you know he, his career never got off of that. But he wanted the no hitter. The team wanted to see him get it. He left him out there, and that one that's why Terry Collins is still the Mets manager, even though Sandy Alderson wants to fire him every single day. So do you? That went. Well, I do too. But that's why Terry Collins is the manager because the, he did he did that. That was a very big thing for the team to say we like playing for Terry, and that will get you a lot of that will get you a lot of uh, of rope when it comes to our manager under fire. Wait, we like playing for this guy, and either if you fire a manager, we're going to be upset about it, or if you threaten to fire a guy, that means we're going to raise our level of play. So I've watched it happen many times. That's just one of the recent ones tonight. Dave Roberts. Won a lot of goodwill from his team with that. What's been interesting to watch, and we've been saying it for a few weeks with Dave Roberts, is that he's managing two seasons at this point. He's managing to get things ready and all lined up and all hands on deck when they open the playoffs. But there's also the reality of you don't want guys becoming complacent. You don't want to make it seem like you're just running through the motions. So by making the decision he did today, he's still telling his team that each game even with a big lead and even though they're burying everybody else in the division, that these games still matter. And for Rich Hill, while he's available and pitching well, go for milestones, go for those wins today, not just to get the extra W in the standings, but also those personal milestones, those personal victories and things that keep uniting a team and and hallmark moments. Cause that's what they've had one after the other for the Dodgers this year. And this would have been the feather in the cap. And you look at just an incredible outing. Rich Hill, a guy that we've asked a lot of questions about, right? Mid-30s, innings pitched in his career. You had a decade where he's, in the last two years, he's toppled the total innings of what he'd compiled for a decade prior or close to it uh, without doing the fuzzy math in front of me right now. But the the reality is for Dave Roberts, you're you're still looking to make sure you've, you're keeping the edge on your team and, and that it's all meaningful. Right, because it's very easy to just say, "All right, we make the change, we go out with a reliever." Yeah, we'll get the victory, and maybe we do, maybe we don't. But we're preserving guys, as my mom used to say, for good. He's saying, "Keep your edge, play defense, keep guys focused on the everyday instead of looking down the calendar." For many businesses, hiring is tough, which makes it critical to choose the right place to post your jobs. You need qualified candidates, fast and on budget, and you don't want to sign a long-term contract or pay upfront fees. That's why you need Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Independent research shows Indeed delivers six times more hires than any other job site. You can post a job in minutes, even set up screener questions to help you zero in on qualified candidates. You can review applicants, take notes, schedule interviews, all from an easy-to-use online dashboard. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast? This exclusive offer gives you a head start. Find out why over 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com slash credit. That's Indeed.com slash credit. Indeed.com slash credit. Terms, conditions, and quality standards do apply. We'll have more on Rich Hill and the incredible night that he almost had coming up in a bit. But in one minute, the rally that was for Colin Kaepernick and why this is probably not going to help him 
even though you think it's going to. But first, here's what's trending. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. So today in New York, outside of 345 Park Avenue, the headquarters of the National Football League, little over 1,000 fans showed up in a support for unsigned quarterback Colin Kaepernick. The hash trend, I stand with Cap, I'm with Cap, was trending on Twitter for a long time today. And many people wearing jerseys that had Kaepernick's name on it crowded the steps and the area outside of the NFL's offices. This is not going to help Colin Kaepernick. And there's a very simple reason why. First of all, when this starts trending today, I go to social media. And I have to say, maybe two out of every five posts were about the evil NFL, the racist NFL, and things I can't even say on the radio. That's two out of every five postings. At the rally today, you saw many people holding signs, Kaepernick. And it's getting to a point where this story is now morphed into something that it's not. And this is what I want to shut down with this rally. Anything that turns into the evil NFL is not going to get Colin Kaepernick signed. It's just not. It's not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna browbeat the NFL. What, what the, like they expect Roger Goodell to walk out of of the office and go, "All right, fine, you found me out." And no, it's not going to help. Anytime the place where a guy wants to play is insulted, that doesn't help you get a job. It just doesn't. That's that's what we've seen for the last couple of weeks when Kaepernick's camp is tweeting out pictures comparing NFL owners to slave owners. That doesn't help. The NFL is not a slave league that everybody is saying, oh, it's a slave league. It's all that. You know what? You don't have to play in the NFL. If you don't want to play, you don't have to play. There's many people that would do many things to play in the National Football League because they want to. In fact, every guy who was on a roster last year that didn't retire wants to keep playing, and they want to do anything they can to get back in the game because this is what they love. This, if you, don't, you don't have to play. It's not something that's a rule. The NFL, if you, when you go in the, in the direction of race with Colin Kaepernick, you're not going to win because you know why? This is not a race thing. If you want to make it politics, I, I okay, I disagree. But if you want to make it politics, you have a point. But you can't sit here and tell me and, and make it about race. And that's a lot of what's going on here. Because I just watched 40 players kneel for the national anthem. 38 of them were black players. They're playing in the league. Their spots aren't in jeopardy. That no one has to they're not worried that oh, if I if I kneel for the national anthem, I'm gonna wind up getting cut. They're not, it's not about race. Don't ma- There's many big race problems we have to fight in this country. There's many. And this is one that it's morphed into now it's a race thing. And, and I don't, I, and, and what, what can I do? I just throw my hands up. Because many players have, have decided to kneel for the national anthem. They decide, and many players are black. It, it, it's, it's not, if you want to make it a black thing, you're losing it. You're losing the focus of this. If you want to stay, if it wants to be politics, that's where you have to go. Because I don't see this. As a race thing. I, I don't. Well, it's gone off the original intent of what Kaepernick's protest was. And now it's the why doesn't he have of a job? And there's still so many questions being asked. And it's, it's a very divisive topic because everybody's entrenched in their position. Those that believe the, the black ball term applies. Those that 
just go straight to the football numbers, which while they're not overwhelming, no, nobody's arguing that there's there's not worse quarterbacks on rosters. Some starting Spike Lee talking about why why doesn't he have a job over Jay Cutler? Like we could go through some things, and I think uh, you, you can get Spike Lee on, on, on board if it wasn't just to push the hot button topic here and, and Jay Cutler familiarity with Adam Gase. We can go through that whole thing, and, and we've already done the analysis. Hit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We we appreciate you taking a few minutes. the The fact is that it's it's not it's not Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. It's if he wants to go work out for a team, and from all reports, there have been a few teams that have kicked the tires. Well, we still don't know how much he wants to play football. We still don't know how dedicated he is. Again, the last things on social media, other than updates of his social efforts and some of the money that he had pledged and where it's going and how it's broken down and it's been fiscal fiscally responsible and line-itemed to death if you want to see it. It's, it's great stuff, and, and you, you certainly give the, the kudos and praise for putting his money where his, his mouth was in terms of those good efforts. But anything related to the NFL has been a negative, and how that's just put in a box saying, well, that's not part of this. Like, no, you've antagonized an employer. It was one thing when it was, here's what you're standing up for, your cause, and then you turned it on the league itself. Very difficult when we start talking about guys that are back-end starters or secondary guys, and and it's no longer about football. And that's what it's become in this situation. So to rally around it and, and rally around his cause, yes, have those dialogues. Have the like we've seen with with Michael Bennett. We've seen so many others speak out. That's important work. Still getting back into the communities. This is is noise. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. We'll have more on the Kaepernick story coming up next hour, including just a couple of reasons. Because I feel like a lot of people who went through this uh, rally today in New York. It's like how many understand the National Football League and how things happen. When I see stuff, look at all the quarterbacks that were signed since Kaepernick got cut. Well, some of them are third stringers. Some of them are guys who are no longer with teams. Some of them are guys who are going to take the minimum deal that they can. Some of them are going to be fits for a team because of the style they play. I mean, honestly, I mean, look, it, it all. if Kaepernick was good, he'd be on a roster. The, the bar at quarterback is set higher than many other positions. That's why Tony Romo couldn't find a job and had to retire. Jay Cutler couldn't find a job, had to retire, had to wait till Adam Gase, his former coach, who he had a pretty good year with, suffered an injury, and then suddenly he's back. Kaepernick could still side. The Jaguars may do it this week. You know, now that they're going to start Chad Henney, which is something else we're going to get into coming up in the show, we have a lot of football to get to. It could still happen. But bottom line, if he was good, it doesn't matter what his politics are, he'd be playing. Now, let's also not forget, and this is a point we brought up, and when Jonas Knox has been in the chair with me here when you, you've been out, then this topic was broached. We've talked quite a bit also of the urgency to play, not just from a, hey, I want to play football and get back on, which we don't know, and we've never heard from Colin Kaepernick directly in that regard. He's also made over $43 million in his career. So this isn't a, I need to take a minimum deal just because I want to keep an income going. He's a guy who has, obviously, a, a following. He can go make money doing speeches and appearances and everything else. So the urgency that some players feel 
because of finances to keep a career going aren't necessarily there. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, coming up next, some crazy drama the day after the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade. Wait till we tell you about who Kyrie almost got traded for, Fox. <laughs> yeah! Hey! Did you hear who Kyrie Irving almost got traded for? He almost got traded for Clay! No, 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 not the Allison Chains album, Jars of Clay. Clay Thompson, Clay. No, no, not, no, no, not the woman from the King Kong movies, Faye Ray. Clay. No, no, not the guy that sang every morning there's a handle. That's Sugar Ray. You go, but never mind. That's two nights in a row we got Mark McGrath. Yeah, I was waiting for a Morris Day reference. Like getting uh, Mark Jerome. McGrath in a second straight day, that's a big deal. Where's my mirror? Ooh. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Great news, great news, great news. Well, great news, we reference Morris Day. But uh, there's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So the day after the great Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade that shook the world, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, first round pick Zizek's road on its way to Cleveland in exchange for Kyrie Irving. We get a couple of crazy stories today. Number one is that the Cavaliers, according to sources called the warriors about a Kyrie Irving for clay Thompson trade. Well, you got unlimited minutes. You might the as well war- make a call. <laughs> Yo, these won't roll over. I mean, they don't roll over. I, I mean, gotta, it's I not a 900 right number where you're paying some exorbitant rate per minute. <laughs> For someone to drag drag things out. Golden State said no, and they should, but not for the reason you think. Number one is that Golden State moves the basketball. Kai, uh, the, the system that Steve Kerr has put in place that have turned them into a juggernaut is about ball movement, cutting, screens. That's what it is. They don't need a true point guard. They don't need a guy that holds the ball for the majority of the shot clock right. like Keep Kyrie Irving does. Exactly. That would be an awful fit. With Kyrie Irving dribbling around and the Warriors going, see, I'm supposed to cut, and you're supposed to pass here, and then he's supposed to pass here, and he's supposed to pass here, and then I shoot. See, that's how we do it. That would be an awful fit. This is how we do it, exactly. Yes. Plus, they did much better getting Isaiah Thomas Crowder in a potential lottery, maybe number one overall pick with the unprotected pick for Brooklyn because Clay Thompson is kind of a jag. He's kind of just a guy. He's my. He's a jack. He gets into that whole system kind of thing, doesn't he? He's a shooting guard that scores twenty one points a game. He doesn't really give you anything else, and he has once in a while where he gets really hot. He plays defense. Okay, right. He does. Well, I mean, we don't want to turn that away because for a lot of this season, and particularly in the postseason, that was his calling card. But you right, because he was he wasn't a focal point. No, no, no. He wasn't. No, you're right. Well, he doesn't. He's he's the fourth option a lot of nights. There's a lot of guys that can score 21 points and shoot, and that's all you got to do on offense that will hit the open shot. There's a lot of guys that can score 21 points a game. You put him on a different team, and he becomes more of a solid two-way player than, boy, you think Clay Thompson's a superstar. We inflate his value because we think he's a star because he plays on the Warriors, which is why he's in no trouble to leave, no, no, no hurry to leave. He's got two more years on his deal, and he's more than happy where he is right now because if he goes someplace else, he's more of a jag. He's more of a, he's going to score 20 a game. But 20 a game is 20. There's a lot of guys that score 20 a game. 
and he'll play he'll play decent defense. He'll be a very good sought after two way player. And That's Clay Thompson. Talk about it here in the Geico studio. I mean, it's one of those you make the call, you put it out there, and and this is where the fun part goes. You know, how many rumor conjecture speculated trades are we talking about where there's a, a number of different options on the horizon and who what's real, what's imagined in terms of potential trades, right? There was also uh, Joe Gambador of Arizona Sports 98.7 reporting that the Milwaukee Bucks were close to acquiring Kyrie Irving for Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, and a first-round pick. So That's a horrible trade. But there's another one. They were one. close to that? That's a horrible trade. But that, the rumor that the Suns were that's trying a, to put that's something together. That's the worst together. trade in the world. Thank, thank goodness the Celtics showed up with that. Hey, how about Isaiah Thomas? Hey, Malcolm Brogdon had a hell of a and, team. Hey, and who's been a better, bigger Malcolm Brogdon guy than me? I told the you coming guy out of school, I know that was he was that good. Higher on him was our resident Milwaukee Bucks fan and, and my tag team partner on Sunday, Dan Byer. Yeah, I know, buddy's a big I'm Mr. Malcolm Brogdon. I believe you are. I was big on I told you he was going to be were, good. You were kind of excited But that's, that's not a return for Kyle. But, but that's the point, right? In, instead, the, the Celtics decide they're going all in. Here's this first-round pick that may be the first overall. And we were on it last night. Kenny Rhoda on with us from Cleveland. We're spitballing what's next, what happens. Obviously, the thought of spinning out that number one pick and bringing in another big body, he immediately went down an analysis of bringing in Boogie Cousins, which is delicious on so many levels. And then we still have the buyouts of either Hoodie Carmelo, as Mm -hmm. J.R. Smith has called him, or Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's is going to happen. More reports out of Chicago (laughs) that the young players are tired of the old man talking and they want him gone. So Back in 2004 when I was in the final. Oh, so okay, if that's right. the case, that'll come to fruition, and that'll be an inevitable conclusion to this going forward. So we had that last night. Good that it then got pushed in into the stratosphere. Uh, happy to have today's take yesterday. Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend Mike Harmon live. From the Geico Studios. So coming up next, we have more on Colin Kaepernick, including if you really think he's blackballed after the rally today, I'm going to outline something for you. And if you still disagree, there's nothing I can do for you. But also, the biggest story of the night, a near 10-inning no-hitter for Rich Hill, and it ends in absolute heartbreak, is the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, that's coming up next right here on Fox. I'm very, very excited about it. Hour two of the program, welcome inside of the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. That means you should go on to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Now, we'll get back into Rich Hill in a couple of minutes, because, look, the story of the night has been his near-perfect game. Nine innings of no-hit ball, goes into the 10th, gives up the... Game winner to Josh Harrison of the Pirates. I'm still celebrating the moxie on the other side of young Trevor Williams, mm. who battled Rich Hill valiantly. Rich Hill nearly pitches a no-hitter, and, and, you, and you're saying it's the Dodgers' fault for not getting a hit, and you're singing the praises of the Pirates pitcher. That he, he that right? matched him pitch for doing? pitch. Okay. Seven hits, four walks, but eight shutout innings. I don't know getting he, the job done. I don't done. know that he matched him pitch for pitch when he gave up seven hits, and, and Rich Hill had a perfect game into the ninth inning. Still zeros in the run column. True. So it really doesn't matter. All right. A little more stress on one side than the other. But Why is no one paying attention to this guy? <laughs> he did the job. He worked hard. But in all honesty, I mean, Rich Hill defying 
all expectations. He must have peed point. on his blisters like crazy today. Well, but I mean, that's one of the concerns that well. people had, and certainly <laughs> it had to be vocalized. And if you were following the game on social media, a lot of hand wringing yeah. as the you got through the innings. With the blisters and the wringing of the urine on the hands? I, I had to make the joke okay. as we went. Right. I thought I'd just let it dangle out there, and instead okay. you decided to come back with a Thor's hammer. <laughs> uh, Syndergaard, by the no. But first, just a couple of things on Colin Kaepernick before people start going crazy. And we, we talked a few minutes ago, the big rally in New York today, about 1,000 people were there uh, to protest Colin Kaepernick not having a job in the National Football League. Now, the NAACP wants a meeting with the NFL on why Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Two things I want to say why don't make this about race, because it's not. It's not. The, the, the league, the majority of the players in the NFL are black. Many people kneeled for the national anthem, did many things very publicly, and they are still in the league, and they're still playing, they're still kneeling, and their protests are still being heard. Marshawn Lynch sat he, he sat for 11 years, and he played in the National Football League. He well, says he sat all the time. He sat I don't again. Think, I don't think he did, though. I think it was misconstrued. He said it, though, but he no, said it. No, but I've he didn't say it. Jack Del Rio said it. But he says I, he's but been but sitting the, for 11 years, yeah. and they didn't keep Marshawn Lynch out. But there were a lot of photographic evidence of him standing for the national anthem. So there are problems with making it. he sat and then he stood. Yeah, and then so he, I think yeah. uh, there's a question of it's 11 years of doing his own thing because he's never actually answered why he was sitting down <laughs> having a snack. Just because I was standing doesn't mean that I was really standing. I didn't say I was missing work, Bob. But here's my but here's my point. The larger to, point, absolutely. To think about the, these two things. Number one, if Colin Kaepernick really was blackballed from the league, this before I tell you why it can't be about race. If he really was blackballed, now you're talking about the NFL, Roger Goodell, and his office deciding we're blackballing Colin Kaepernick from the league, and now he he knows it. The people below him know it. They get that message out now to all the owners all the in league the NFL. Offices, all the, down, all the, to down to the owners. owners. The owners all now tell their general managers and their directors of player development that this is what's going on. And then that has to get down to the head coach and the assistant coaches who may want Colin Kaepernick on their team and say, hey, why don't we go out and get him? I like him. That's a lot of people that would know that Colin Kaepernick is blackballed and not one person says anything. No, and I don't mean one owner. In that owner, game of telephone, there's, not, there's also there's going to be a paper one, trail. There's going to be a text message. There, there's there's going to be yeah. something along the way. There's not one bit of evidence that an upset assistant coach who who agrees with Colin Kaepernick's stance isn't going to out this. There's not one person. So you're telling me of all those people, there's not one person sympathetic to Colin Kaepernick's plight that they're going to say, oh, by the way, you didn't get this from me, but... We were told not to sign this guy. Yeah, I have an email. I have a note. I have this. And maybe the email is not from Roger Goodell, but it's from his superior in the, in the player development office who gets it from somewhere else, gets it from somewhere else. This is how the world goes. There are many people who are for Colin Kaepernick's right to, to kneel for the national anthem. I'm for his right to kneel for the national anthem. Everybody should be. But even if you're not, somebody would have blabbed. It's just the world. You can't keep secrets like that. You cannot. Somebody would have blabbed. There would have been some kind of story somewhere where someone sympathetic to Kaepernick would have said, hey, we wanted to sign the guy. We looked into it, but we were told this. That would have happened. Or that would have been leaked to Kaepernick's team. And the team would have said, we got something from a team right here. I'm not going to say who I got it from, but right here, the Bills or the Jets or the Cowboys or whoever wanted to bring him in, and they were told no. That simply would have happened. Right. We haven't seen any of that to this point. The second thing is this. You can't make it about race. Because if Colin, if you want to make it about pot, like I said, 
I disagree, but if you want to make it about politics, make it that that's more of a point to have because I understand your points. I disagree, but I understand your points about Kaepernick and you think why he's being kept out of the NFL. You're telling me if Kaepernick had no politics, he would still be out of the league? Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. You can't tell me it's about politics and kneeling for the national anthem and then say it's about race because if there was no politics, then he'd be he'd be in the league then. So you, you can't have it both ways and go, yes, it's this, and now it's about race. There's many big-time race issues that we have to get through in the United States. Believe me, there are, and I know, I, I know it. And we always have those conversations. But now you want to turn this into a race thing and it becomes its cap. No, because if Kaepernick didn't, you, you want to make it about politics, great. But no politics, and Kaepernick is, then he's playing in the NFL. Then, then, then he's playing, right? So you can't tell me it's because he's black because it's not about that. Well, and I think one of the points that's been made by a number of, of players along the way was the the fact that the focus of what Colin Kaepernick's initial protest and, and what, what it all meant was lost in the process. I think it was, was it Eric Reed came out and mm-hmm. said that uh, um, among other NFL players, current and former, saying, all right, it started – as a movement here, and then everybody picked it up and started having their own agendas and and talking points to it to where it's become muddled along the way. And when you have the principal, uh, the protagonist of everything, and Colin Kaepernick silent, save retweeting different things or whoever's running his social media account, retweeting different things that are said by media members or others, I don't know that there's a designated spokesperson for it all, Nessa, his girlfriend, has has inflamed things and gone after the National Football League. That part of it is just the message has been lost and the direction of what the original protest was about. So as we get to the steps today, saying Colin Kaepernick needs a job, Colin Kaepernick's got, got to let people know, in my estimation, I think yours as well, not to put words in your mouth, where, where's he at in the whole football playing Possibility, because once he's signed to a roster, the push of him as leader of of this movement and his talking points gets lessened because now he's back in the league and and this keeps takes the fuel out from all of folks that are still trading on his name in terms of a protest. But I think everybody's waiting for that. Whatever it's a statement in social media or a statement at a podium or a phone interview or sitting down with any luminary on a news channel to talk, waiting on a statement from Colin Kaepernick in terms of his desire to get back on the field and what's transpired with NFL teams through this point. Because the only thing we've got is that image from Django Unchained to the Baltimore Ravens. That's the last lasting memory of of a connection to the league. Yeah, and that's where his message has gone sideways. Initially it was... Hey, we are. I am standing up for the mistreatment of people in our society. Black people dying in police custody, which was a huge deal. We people, you know, remember how bad it was last year when it was when when police officers were getting killed and black men were dying in police custody, and that was a really big deal. And Kaepernick stood up for that. And then now the message is, and and what it's been the last couple of weeks has been the evil NFL. It's a slave league, and and that's a lot of where. And whoa, 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 whoa! Now, now we're, you're getting away from what the message was. And now, when your message gets muddled like that, 
this is why I agree with guys like Eric Reed who say, yeah, you know, I think it got away from him and it got away from where the, the focus needed to be. And if, if, if he stays on, if he stays on his point and his protests are about the treatment of people in America and, and standing up for black rights and anybody who needs their rights, any minority that needs their rights stood up for, that's a great message. That's not keeping him out of the league. That it, It's not. But it goes and now it's who is he? he's a wild card. And so that's why his whole situation it has morphed into something that's gotten out of his control. Well, and if we just take it back on the field, because that becomes the let's compare him to quarterback one through 32 and then 33 through 64 and everybody going through that. That Super Bowl run is a long time ago. And just citing touchdown to interception radio, ratio, radio, radio, ratio, radio. Oh, you can hear it on touchdown. the radio. Well, touchdown. Citing that on radio, mm-hmm. the touchdown to interception ratio is not the be all to end all of a player's performance. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Thanks, Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Meanwhile, near history tonight for Rich Hill of the Dodgers. Nine innings of no-hit ball, but the Dodgers couldn't push a run across against the Pirates. Hill goes back out for the 10th inning, and the game was over soon after. And a swing and a fly ball out to left, down the line. Granderson on the warning track, and where is it? It's gone! It disappears over the wall! And Josh Harrison wins it! Breaking up the no-hitter with a game-winning home run in the 10th! What a way to win a fantastic ballgame! Pirates Radio Network on the call. And TJ, the Dodgers unable to climb the hill in the 10th inning against the Pirates. Rich Hill gets swashbuckled in the 10th by the Pirates. DJ. Wait for it. I started in with TJ. I know, but I I was waiting. It seemed like you were having a brain freeze where you forgot who I was. (laughs) Do I say Mike or TJ? The Dodgers were rich with a potential of a perfect game, but then Logan not lucky on the ground ball to third in the ninth. (laughs) Logan Forsythe, who, of course, uh, booted a ball in the ninth inning that turned Rich Hill's perfect game into a no-hitter. And I got Logan Lucky in, buddy. That's pretty good. Movie that a lot of people would pan. I know that I've seen it. It's okay. Yeah, I went from wanting to see it to now I have no no desire to see it. Yeah, everybody I know that's seen it has come back and had nothing positive to say about it. (laughs) Unless they sneaked in. Then they said it was worth the free ticket. (laughs) But the big thing from this game is here's Rich Hill who was allowed to stay in into the 10th inning. And I know that there's many schools of thought that, oh, you leave a guy in, it to, you have a 21-game lead, and what are you doing and all this. If Rich Hill was at 115 pitches or 120 pitches and a guy who really is going to set a, a near career high for uh, innings pitched this season, because he hasn't pitched more than 100 innings. He had 100, 111 last year. He hasn't been higher than that since 2006. So I get that you want to be concerned about Rich Hill, but he didn't have a difficult night. There were not there was no stressful innings on it. No. There's no stressful innings on his arm, which is a very big deal, which is why you see a lot of reasons why people's arms get injured because if you have a 25-pitch inning in the third and then a 28-pitch inning in the sixth, when you're throwing a lot of pitches like that with no rest, that's when your arm really starts to deteriorate. But no stressful innings, and he was at 95 pitches through nine innings. I have no problem with him going back out there for the 10th. And even if the Dodgers scored a run, bring him back out there for the 11th. If he's at 102 pitches, 
out of the ninth inning or 105 pitches, give them one more inning if the, as long as the Dodgers scored a run. Because if they didn't score, then you realize you're talking about keeping Rich Hill out there for two more innings. Because if the Dodgers scored a run in the next inning, you'd want him to come in and pitch the bottom of the inning. So I was okay. You want 10th, they score a run, 11th. It, it was not a stressful game for him. And a man pitching the game of his life, 10 strikeouts on the night, and just a dominant performance. Let him see if he could finish the job. And we, we'll talk innings. You talk about psychologically what does it do when you lose it in that fashion. We'll see in five days. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon as we broadcast like we do every night live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, more quarterback news than just Colin Kaepernick's protest. Could some big changes be on the way for a couple of teams? That coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio. Sugar Ray said, Every morning I wake up and hope the Jets have found a quarterback to play this week. J-E-T-E, Jets. They cannot find one, so we're going to start Hackenberg, and he's really going to stink it all up. They stink. Going to stink it up. (laughs) Really stink it up. Seriously. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Didn't know I could freestyle the Sugar Ray, did you? That was a little frightening. Yeah. How many times do you think Mark McGrath has been called Sugar Ray in his life? Hey, you sugar, 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 hey, sugar, sugar Ray. And you, sugar Ray. From what I've learned reading a little bit and hearing interviews <laughs> with Mark McGrath, he smiles because he knows it meant at some point somebody put a couple of bucks in his pocket by buying an album or going to a show. I'm Mark McGrath. Hey, I got my show on. These are all going to be songs with the word the in them tonight. That's my theme. So hateful. (laughs) Joining us now on the hotline, no one better. NFL insider extraordinaire. He is a friend of the show, no matter what you hear people say. Go Aztecs, dudes. All right. Bleacher Report, NFL superstar. Jason Cole, you can follow him on Twitter at Jason Cole 62 at Jason Cole 62. What's happening, dude? Let's see. We went from Sugar Ray to Real Big Fish. Yeah. So we just got 20-year-old music all over the place. So I'm dating myself everywhere here. That's all right. I, freestyle, I freestyled a great song about Jets quarterbacks to Sugar Ray. Maybe Justin Bieber had a song called Love Yourself, so that's it. You're dating yourself. It's all good. Yes, I am dating myself, and I, I guess Christian Hackenberg could love himself. Um, although the, it would be nice if his offensive line would love him enough to block for him. <laughs> but that, but then they would complete passes, and the tanking and getting Sam Darnold wouldn't happen. Uh, the tankage of 2017 by the Jets. <laughs> this is it's going to be extraordinary. That's some ugly football. Like if I'm Josh McCown, I'm just like, yeah. Could you let the rookies take this? Because I don't want to get hurt before the regular season. Now, we'll get to the quarterbacks. There's a couple of big moves that are going on right now. But first, let's let's hop off here. The Colin Kaepernick protest in New York today drew about 1,000 people uh, outside of NFL offices now. The NAACP wants to have a meeting with the NFL to find out why he's not in the league. At this point, is, is, it, is it done for Colin Kaepernick? Is his NFL career over? I, I still don't think so. I still think that somebody's going to sign him. Uh, I mean, Scott Tolzien has a job, right? Yeah. Like he Ryan may be Malice at least worked. six weeks in into starting. <laughs> like the the backup situation for the Forty ers is Matt Barkley. I mean, not that the Forty ers are going to re-sign Kaepernick, but 
Like, does that tell you something when when your backup situation in San Francisco is Barkley slash Bethard? Like, that's not the killer bees. Um, I Austin Davis up in Seattle. Like, I just look around and I go, how many quarterbacks are there who I know? I mean, there's seven starters out there. He's better than you know seven starting situations. The Jets included. But, yeah, but the Jets uh, aren't trying to win games. That's the whole right, thing. Right, I know that. So I so I excuse the Jets. I, I mean, like, there's always exceptions <laughs> to this. So I, so I say that the Jets are going about their business of tanking a season, so therefore Kaepernick is not of interest. They don't want to upgrade. So I get, I get it why some teams – but it's still that six teams left with starting situations where Kaepernick's better. An untold number, probably 20 at least, where the, he's – the, he's better than the backup. So, like, don't you want to win games at a certain point? Um, you know, unless he's just asking for an outrageous amount of money, and I have not heard anybody verify that that's the case. Is that the problem in this all, though, Jason, is that we have absolutely no idea where his, his head is related to football, what contractual demands, if any, have been made? You know, we're I, talking- I, Well, yeah, contractual, yeah, I haven't heard a single thing about what he's demanded. But I also haven't heard that he's demanded an outrageous amount of money. Right. So you know, you're like in absence of any other reporting, I'd say he's you know willing to listen to what the offers are. Uh, but I, I mean, that whole thing about he's got to justify whether he wants to play football or not. No, I I, I don't think that that's true either. I, I I don't buy the people who make that argument. It's like you know. Don't you want to play a game and make a lot of money doing it? Why do I, why do I have to answer that question? So, um, you know, what is he going to go do? Become a uh, you know a, a chiropractor or you know become a, a a business analyst and make this kind of money? That's not happening. So, the guy's training. I assume he wants to play. Other quarterback news today with Jason uh, stopping by here to get to. Uh... Chad Henney's going to start a game in the NFL for the first time in two years. Blake Bortles is headed to the bench because he stinks. Now, here's the thing now. Are we going to see a a, a season for Bortles like RG3 a couple years ago where Bortles' contract is guaranteed for injury after this season for next year? So if he plays and gets hurt, that's $19 million the Jaguars are paying out to this guy. Are we going to see him just in bubble wrap and, and he's done as a Jaguar? We've seen him take his last snap. I mean, again, that's the situation. If you're going to do that, you might as well just cut the guy, let him go try and get a job somewhere else. And then, yeah, go get Kaepernick. Um, I think it's very likely because you're, you're not going to take the chance that you have to pay the guy $19 million next year. So, yeah, I think that he's done playing for them. Um, not that Chad Henney makes me feel any sense of warm and fuzzy. But that's just a botched situation. Like, they should have never picked up the, the fifth-year option on that one in any way, shape, or form. They should have said, look, you play it out and this year, and we'll make a decision whether we want to franchise you or not next year. Well, we knew it all went sideways as soon as Tom Coughlin was on all the, the brochures going out to season ticket holders, Jason. That's really what, what everything Well, yeah, me. like, you're, you're selling your team on a 70-year-old man. Who's That's not even the, the head coach? Pay. Name Right, a seventy-year-old man who's not on the sideline. Like that's a sales pitch. That's that's really really strong. Like it's just, that's just that just screams new, fresh, and exciting. The seventy-year-old man as your as your lead face of your advertising campaign. 
Welcome to the NFL 2017. Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Studios. Our buddy Jason Cole on with us. You find his work at Jason Cole 62 on Twitter, working for Bleacher Report and giving you the straight analysis. So more quarterback fun and excitement, the Cleveland Browns and the Brock Osweiler experiment. Are they, are they going to just make Deshaun Kaiser the guy finally and just see what he can do or can, or can the, Wait, can you, the Browns find someone to take? On Monday? I mean, not that it was a really pretty game. Oh, but... it was fantastic, especially down the stretch. Turnovers yeah. in, inside the tent. It was great. Yeah, I mean, the, the Geno Smith interception was just like, like God, it's, it's like watching reruns of, of Three's Company. It's like I've seen that episode before, <laughs> haven't I? Jason laughed so... about it because he's not his problem anymore. <laughs> right. So... I'm watching, you know, when I watch Kaiser, like I'm watching Osweiler, and it's just like there's no juice to the game. Like right. you just watch it, and you're like, there's, yeah, okay, I, he can do a couple of things, and he's not a horrible looking quarterback in this situation. And then you watch Kaiser, and you're like, okay, he's not going to be able to sustain playing this way, but it's interesting, it's an exciting, right? And, you know, Okay, he made the mistake on the one that was picked that, you know, fortunately there was a penalty on defensive hold that wiped out the pick. But you're like, okay, at least he showed the guts to throw that pass to see if he could try and fit it. And then he misses Njuku on the, you know, the one down the seam where you're going, okay, I can see he got a little excited. But, like, there was something to watching him play where you said, I see some upside here. I, I don't know if it's going to be great, but I see upside. Where you watch Osweiler, it's like there ain't nothing there. So I'm glad they went with Kaiser. I give him a lot of credit for that. Hey, Jay Cole, Saturday, the, the fight for L.A. really hits its fever pitch with the Chargers and the Rams playing. Obviously, this is a preseason game, but there's a lot of drama here. We're going to get an extended look at Jared Goff, Aaron Donald. We're still wondering what's going to happen here. Uh, how do you expect, uh, what do you expect to see on Saturday? Well, I think the Chargers are actually going to play well. I mean, they haven't played well in the first two games, but I think the Rivers will be out there and they'll they'll play a respectable game and they'll be up for this game. And you know, I, I suppose the Rams are going to be geeked up about it after the practices and all the fracases that they had. Fracas with that? What an old that's man a, word. That that's is. a good word, though. It is a good word, but it's an old word. Um, so. I just I, look. I still think, even with all the injuries the Chargers have had, you know Williams and losing Feeney and all the things that have gone wrong for them, I still think they're a better team than the Rams. And the Rams have some interesting guys. And okay, Goff played a little bit better in the last preseason game. I still don't believe in him. I just, I just don't. I, 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 th- I look at a guy who, when he plays against a premium defense, where he's going to get people in his face. It's going to get ugly in a hurry. I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope that he's a great player, but it's you know what I saw him last year scares me, and I think that this is going to be a game that's a little bit more real because of that third preseason game, and I think it could be a little bit ugly for the Rams in this one. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Cole sixty two Bleacher Report NFL Insider Extraordinaire and huge fan. Of Arts Deli. Jay Cole, as always, man. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. No problem, guys. Be good. See you, Jason. There goes Jay Cole. Now, we have a little bit more quarterbacks to get to, and I have a crazy prediction coming your way, and also a way to show you that 
If you had played Jets quarterbacks, you could have won a lot of money in Powerball tonight. That's coming up in a minute, but first, here's what's trending. I'm so excited. Pre-mature music pressing. Alex Tyshirt. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Pre-mature button pressing. Button pressing. Button pressing. Bussin? This is button pressing, I just want to tell you. Premature, premature elbow tipping. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to wind up in anybody's condo. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15 percent or more in car insurance. There's more no sex. <laughs> Visit Geico.com. So I'm going to tell you something that is, it's crazy. And if I could go to Vegas right now, if I was a betting guy. I would put a long shot on this and see if it came in. Okay. Because I'm reading the tea leaves coming out of New York. Everybody thinks Josh McCown is going to start for the Jets. Jason Cole talked about it. Josh McCown clearly has been the best quarterback in camp for the Jets so far. But the Jets have been really squirrely the last week and a half with McCown. Now, follow me on this. Christian Hackenberg started getting a lot of reps with the first team. And obviously, you need to give him some reps to see if he's any good. But clearly, he has shown that he really can't. They gave him the surprise start in Detroit last week, and he was terrible. All right, so you think, okay, that's over now. McCown didn't need to play. So it's weird, weird that McCown didn't play because usually your your first string quarterback's going to play a little bit in a game situation to get some uh, to get reps with his with his new players. After the game, McCown was told, "Don't really talk to the press about it." So it's a little weird thing, but okay. Now this week, this is the second straight day McCown did not get reps, did not practice with the first team. Hackenberg and Bryce Petty were splitting the reps. I'm going to tell you this. The Jets are so into tanking. You're going to see this weekend against the Giants, a game where your quarterback normally plays three quarters. You are going to see Hackenberg and Petty duel it out, and the, quote, winner is going to be the quarterback. There's no, there's nothing that, and I get it's the Jets, and there's not a lot that makes sense, but the Jets want to tank. Josh McCown has played pretty well in camp so far. They have an easy schedule early on. This could ruin their entire strategy of tanking, and that's getting Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. You get to five or six wins, and suddenly you're not getting up there. You're not getting up there in one of the top three picks take one of those quarterbacks. It's not happening. McCown gives them the best chance to win. He will open the season as a backup. And the Jets will start one of the untested guys in Petty or Hackenberg, knowing full well that this is how you tank, that this is how we put guys out there that aren't ready to play and can't lead a team to victory. I mean, there's nothing else that makes sense because you would be getting McCown reps. You can't tell, oh, yeah, Josh has played a lot of preseason. It's a new team. It's a new team. It's all new players. It's all jumbled up. Wide receiving core as well. They've already had one guy who's got a hurt neck and is out who was supposed to be your leader of your receiving core. You got Robbie Anderson, who's a nice ninja sleeper mm-hmm. pick in your fantasy world because someone's got to catch the ball. But the <laughs> the reality is that for, for Josh McCown, is all, as long as he's been around the NFL, new system, new players, new O-line to get used to, everything that goes through. So when you're, you're looking at this, the, the only way to properly tank is for him to never see the field. And that, and that I'm telling you, I would put long odds on that 
and see how that comes out. Because there have been some glowing reports at time during camp of Petty just going through his pace. Now, yeah. he hasn't gotten the number one reps to where no, you really he's, see he's, him. Sometimes he's only getting like five or seven reps in a practice. Right, where you haven't seen him really tested. But reports by beat writers have been a the forgotten guy in all of the discussion about the Jets quarterback battle is Petty wondering if he would just get a, a shot. Now, Hackenberg, we've had conversations here. Again, check the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Give it five stars. We'll give you the virtual hug forever. We thank you for giving us a few minutes uh, wherever you are and whenever you can do it uh, here in the Geico studios. But the, the fact of the matter is you're, you've built this team. You've gutted it of most veteran players. Last man standing's Matt Forte. And what is he? He's a role, role player with Bilal Powell most likely taking a, a, the lion's share of the work going into the season. So you look at the way this team has been constructed, all signs point to you're looking for an unmitigated disaster. The the monkey wrench to it all is that your defense is actually pretty good. Yeah. Assuming they don't have a, a spate of injuries, mm-hmm. they're actually going to keep you competitive early on. And Josh McCown's just good enough to screw up all those plans with one one or two efficient plays. Just so watch. put out one of the wild cards o- along the way. I'll get my bold prediction. Hackenberg and Petty split the job on Saturday night, and the winner is the quarterback. And McCown is going to be the guy, second string for the games, maybe, but the third guy. Like, he would come in in a game if someone had to mop up, but then if Petty got hurt, Hackenberg would start the next week. The tanking is at – this is the level the Jets are at tanking. They've seen the Bills' effort to tank, and now they're raising it to another level. Bills haven't gone full tank yet, though. LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod <laughs> Taylor are still on that roster, buddy. But we're going to get to Rich Hill coming up in a few minutes. However, if you think the Jets are all losers, you are mistaken. They stink! Because if you played Powerball yeah. tonight, and we walked into the liquor store – uh, about 10 minutes before 8 o'clock, and there were seven or eight angry people yelling, You're breaking the law! This it's is illegal. illegal! Because the Powerball buying the tickets for tonight was closed. If you played Favre, Sanchez, Geno Smith, Testaverde, you got four of the Powerball numbers. Yes, you did. Four, six, seven, and 16 came up in Powerball. Yeah, number four was the money ball. Yeah, but of course Favre was the money ball. I'm sorry, let that go. Three, two, one. And, but think about it. And think about this, how crazy this is. Powerball goes up to like 69, right? Sorry, what, where's Rob Gronkowski? Really, Alex Teich, you don't have a Rob Gronkowski drop there? I just said, never, never Yo mind. soy fiesta. So, I'll do it for him. So, hey, Boston, who's getting wild tonight? It goes up to 69. That's and what I'm talking about, baby. No number higher than 26. The other two numbers were 23 and 26. How about that? How does that happen in Powerball on a night when... You play four Jets quarterbacks, and that could have won you power. It ball. happens, you know. That's and crazy. It's close, but no cigar. That would have gotten you a bit of money if you paired it with the Powerball number, mm. the Brett Favre. Unbelievable. Uh, four plus one would get you, what, about 50 grand, I think, is the research we found. Uh, five numbers straight without the Powerball. Got you a million last week. Mm-hmm. So, as of now, no winner of the grand prize in California. Still waiting on results from the rest of the country. It's not trigonometry. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How about a Fresca? And those seven people would be would breathe a sigh of relief, going, "Oh, all right, I got locked out, so now I'm going to play for Saturday." Well, Get I like the Jets one guy just walking numbers. through. I just want a soda. Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> Coming up next, Rich Hill nearly threw a ten inning no hitter tonight, but it wasn't Rich Hill. It wasn't the Pirates. 
It wasn't Josh Harrison. It wasn't Major League Baseball. Trevor Williams. And it wasn't the fans, and it wasn't Trevor Williams. Big baller brand, here we come. And it wasn't LeVar Ball, who was the big winner tonight. Who was the big winner? I'm very, very excited about it. It's not you either, Tim. Although, you could be starting for the Jets on Sunday. Find out who it is next on Fox. Oh, five-second dance party. Hit it. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. In the celebratory Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Jerome! No, ya. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Now, maybe you want to match Morris Day with Jerome. Maybe you want to match Morris with his mirror. But if you are single and not dating on match, well, you need to be doing that. Dating can be difficult. Start searching, connecting for free today at match.com. That's match.com, match.com, M-A-T-C-H.com. You don't say. Your lips would make a lollipop so happy. One of the more underrated lines from Purple Rain. All right, then. That escalated quickly. Then there's, how's the family? Which is another one of the best ones. He always had all the best lines, Morris Day. Stole the show. Let's get nuts. <laughs> I mean, that was Morris Day. You feeling okay? Good? I'm feeling good. You're getting a little loose. But the show was, sympath- sick. was sympathetic to the situation. Here's tickets to tomorrow night's show. Don't forget your girlfriend. <laughs> they should show Purple Rain as often as they show Shawshank Redemption. It would be that kind. It would be that. That it wouldn't just be a great cult movie. It would be that kind. Well, of Well, especially movie. now as we sit here in the Geico Studios, we got a little white men can't jump uh, and, and a little pickup basketball. Well, the the most underrated comedy of the '90s. So we got that. White we got some jump. NFL preseason replays. Uh, but I was wondering, you know, back to school supplies for my daughters. They go back next next week, and there's a large shelf full of re remastered. Purple Rain albums. Mm. Uh, they just re-released. Wow. And they're going back through the catalog, and there's some people unhappy because evidently they're not getting the money that they're supposed to when such things are reissued. So there's lawsuits coming <laughs> against the estate. <laughs> I the celebrate his whole catalog. One. Exactly. Unless I'm not allowed to play That's songs. right, unless I'm getting, not getting my couple of bucks. Tonight in Major League Baseball, I know. I blew your mind a few minutes ago with that Jets theory that McCown's not going to start and it's going to be Hackenberger. Well, it's like Inception. Trust me. Trust me, you're watching the the little widget is spinning on the on the table right now. Oh, it just it just kind of moved a little bit. Oh, the the widget is spinning on that. Trust me, something squirrely is going on with McCown. But nothing squirrely tonight for the Dodgers and Rich Hill. Rich Hill nearly throws a perfect game. Goes into the ninth inning with a perfect game against the Pirates. Problem is, Dodgers weren't able to score a run against the Pirates, so it's nothing nothing in the ninth. Forsyth makes an error at third base. Logan, not lucky enough on the plate, TJ. So the perfect game is over. He gets out of the ninth. To the 10th we go. Dodgers go out one, two, three. And Rich Hill comes back out still. No hitter intact for the bottom of the 10th. And it ends like this. And a swing and a fly ball out to left. Down the line. Granderson on the warning track. And where is it? Where is it? It's gone. It disappears over the wall, and Josh Harrison wins it, breaking up the no-hitter with a game-winning home run in the 10th. What a way to win 
Pirates Radio Network on the call. And already there's the two sides of why was Rich Hill in the game in the 10th inning when he's someone that hasn't thrown a lot of innings, and it was clear the Dodgers weren't going to win the game. Well, and it's people talking about the now. Yeah. Right? The, I, and I understand. 21-game yeah, lead. I get it. I get it. But there's no bigger way to win a team over to your side than leaving a guy in to pitch a no-hitter, leaving him in to try to achieve something that's going to be big for him the rest of his baseball days and beyond. Because, look, Don Mattingly got fired as Dodger manager because the, the front office – wasn't sure he was the guy to implement the strategy they wanted. They want the manager to be an extension of the front office. Well, the manager's got to do that, but he's also got to make sure the guys play hard for him and they trust him. That's a big deal in the clubhouse. So Mattingly's fired. Dave Roberts comes in, and what happens? A couple of times guys have no hitters. He's pulling them. He's pulling them. He's pulling them. I don't care he's been the manager a couple of years. There's still that in the back of the players' minds. When it comes down to it, is Skip going to have their back? And you know, we got to take the guy out because he's at 85 pitches? Or is he going to leave somebody in when they can do something really special? He took Stripling out when he could have left him in for a no-hitter. He won so much goodwill with the with his team tonight by leaving Rich Hill out there for the 10th inning. Now, the best part of it is that there were not many stressful innings for Rich Hill, and he only threw 95 pitches going to the 10th, so it was easy to leave him out there. It's not like he was at 126 pitches and laboring. They were easy innings, but still, he won. he's the big winner because he won so much goodwill with the Dodgers tonight. Well, I think he showed just like the front office did in the recent acquisitions uh, as they went and were aggressive bringing in Curtis Grandison, amongst other moves, that there's no days off. They're, the the foot is firmly on the accelerator, pushing ahead, and they're not you know, just fast-forwarding to October, that each game has still got its own meaning and that guys are still going to play hard game for game, inning for inning, and that they're not looking that far down the road, that this had importance to Rich Hill, this had importance to this team to try to get this win, a hard-fought game. They've had a bunch of laughers. They've had a lot of great comebacks along the way, but these are the type of games that test your championship medal. So I think here was a big thing saying, we've got a workhorse, we're going to ride them. 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca. Coming up next, I have some advice for some aspiring broadcasters who want to be baseball play-by-play guys. Don't do what the guys did broadcasting the Dodger Pirate game tonight. That and more on Kaepernick coming up next right here on Fox. Final hour of the show. It is the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, and iHeartRadio. I'm Jason, the man on my left, deciding to wear sweatpants tonight because, you know, can't show the calves every night. No, you got to keep people guessing. (laughs) <laughs> What's going on under there every once in a while? You need to add a little bit of mystery to your life, a little excitement, change things up. That's what it is, keep people guessing. That's what that's what you're doing? Well, I mean, there's no hiding. Oh, okay, all right. I'm, the you know. glorious nature of the quads <laughs> going on underneath. The road to swole is long, an arduous journey. Really? And we're very deep into that path. Okay, all right, all right. That's, very, that, that's a deep statement. Right there. It's a big revelation. Okay. Yeah, right now, as, as we're getting deeper in the NFL preseason and, and launching towards opening day, there's a lot of wind sprints going on. Mm-hmm. We're getting our cardio up. Yep. We're getting our heart rate up, and we're ready to dominate the ear holes of America and burn the midnight oil to give you fantasy goals <laughs> and hot takes on all the bad quarterbacking we're sure to see in hot, 2017. Hot takes. Uh Tonight, there are really two huge stories that developed over the course of the 
late afternoon, early evening hours. One is the Colin Kaepernick rally at NFL headquarters, which we're going to get to coming up in a few minutes. But Rich Hill tonight nearly threw a perfect game for the Dodgers that then turned into a near no-hitter. That turned into what could have been a 10-inning no-hitter. That turned into a loss. You know, I, I say it all the time. And I remember Jason Stark, former ESPN, now MLB Network, baseball insider saying they've been playing baseball for 120 years. And once a week, you see something to go, I've never seen that before. Rich Hill nearly throws a perfect game, but the Dodgers can't score any runs. So if you go to the ninth inning, tied zip, zip, Rich Hill's pitch count is still below 90. And then the first batter, it's a ground ball to Logan Forsythe. Forsythe boots it, ends the perfect game. But he then gets out of the ninth inning after the Pirates put the winning run on second base with one out after a bunt to put the runner at second. Here's the craziness. Number one, already the bunt for a no-hitter going on. It's It's not really bunting, breaking the unwritten rule of bunting to break up a no-hitter. Number one, because it's a sacrifice bunt. Because the Pirates are trying to win the game. Uh, secondly, as long as the game's still in doubt, and I don't even care if it's ten nothing. You want to need to bunt to get a base hit, bunt. I mean, well, I, I, I've never gotten that unwritten rule. All you don't bunt when when the game. No, no. I mean, we've certainly bunt. seen catastrophic ends to games with bullpen implosions <laughs> and and a conga line of relievers imploding upon you. So certainly in this day and age, runs can come in bunches. So. Why would why would you not keep playing? But I, I can at least make the argument at nine nothing, ten nothing in the eighth or ninth inning that maybe just maybe there's there's a little bit to it, and you should get drilled the next time you come up to the plate. But certainly in this scenario, you've got a scoreless game, so it's everything's still in play. Get them on, get them over, get them in. So they're able to get out of the inning, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, Rich Hill could lose this game, pitch a no hitter. And that's how it could, because all you need is an error or a stolen base or, you know, the, the second out of the inning comes and the runner gets to third and there's a wild pitch and Rich Hill could pitch a no-hitter and lose. But it, I don't know, technically it would be a no-hitter because it wouldn't be nine innings. But so he, but he would have pitched a no-hitter and he could have lost the game. Craziness again. But Hill gets out of the inning, so we go to the 10th. The Dodgers go out one, two, three in the top of the 10th and then bottom of the 10th inning – Leadoff batter is Josh Harrison, and Rich Hill comes back out there for the 10th. The interest level at that point in this game was like games, the final two minutes of Game 7 of the NBA Finals. You know, I'm listening to the game in my car on the way in. I'm following it on on on, on social media, and it's Rich Hill is coming out for the 10th. And it was like everybody in the world tried to find this game somewhere. And hopefully you found it because... After four more pitches, this is how it ended. Fly a ball, left field, hit well, going back. Granderson, he leaps up. Did Granderson catch it? No, it's out of the ballpark. And Rich Hill, who did not allow a base hit in nine innings, gives up the leadoff home run here in the bottom of the 10th inning with a home run to end it. Rick Monday, AM 570, with the call for the Dodgers. So. Hill gives up the home run to end the game, and it's was just, I can't quite say a fitting end, but certainly a very stunning end after Rich Hill had pitched pretty well throughout. I mean, look, more than pretty well. He struck out 10 batters. He was phenomenal. Very shocking that in a game where it didn't seem like he was wearing down at all, he was still pitching well, Harrison gets that first pitch, hits it over the wall in left field. 
But here's what drives me crazy is that, now, number one, I, I need to get a new car because the antenna's been out on, on my car for a long one, one day, and I don't know when it was, sometime in the last couple of months, I go, the antenna's gone off my car. Huh. So, like, when I drive to work on the Sepulveda Pass now, there's times where my station, my radio stations go out. So someone stole your antenna. Yeah. Like, if, I don't know. I'm like, I'm missing the antenna. So a lot of times now I'm up to 405 and I'm driving up in traffic, it just cuts out. The AM radio cuts out. So I listen, you know, listen to AM 570, listen to the game. So I had to turn it over to satellite. And speaking of all, by the way, satellite, we are on channel 83. We get, get us over three hours of the night if you want to listen to us on there. So I turn over and I get the Pirates broadcast on satellite. And okay. I'm listening. They go a whole inning and a half. And not once do they mention Rich Hill's pitch count or if the Dodgers have any activity in the bullpen. Not once. Ninth well, that's inning, not their pitch. concern. Not once. Not no. once. I, I mean, I get it that, they, yeah, look, they were, they were, you know, feeling good, telling stories about Harvey Haddix, who, of course, went to the 13th inning with a no-hitter very famously, you know, 70 years ago, and it was broken up with a home run that turned into a single because the guy that hit the home run, Joe Adcock, passed a base runner, so instead of a three-run homer, it was a game-winning single. Crazy story. But they're telling stories again about, all oh, the last time the Dodgers had a no-hitter more than nine innings, they were the Brooklyn Superbas, and it was back in 1906. And I'm going, you know, this is all great, but you got to tell me about what's going on. you got to tell me who is up in the bullpen, and you got to tell me what his pitch count is, because you got to realize people are tuning into you at this moment to hear about this story, because this is absolutely what's hottest, what's going on with Rich Hill. And you know what? I'm sorry, but I can get those stories someplace else. If I, if I really do, I got to know this at this moment right now. This is why when the NBA Finals games are over, we talk about the NBA Finals for the last two hours of the show. Why? Because people tuning in are tuning in for one thing. They want to hear, what are we talking about the NBA Finals? It's not, well, we just talked about the Finals for an hour and a half, so now we can you know talk about baseball and, and, and something in the spring. No, we got to keep talking about it because you're tuning in to hear that because it's such a hot story. There was nothing bigger at the time than Rich Hill, and still I have to wonder what's going on. Is there any kind of – you could give me the drama even more than just start telling me stories about no hitters that were more than 10 innings. It just seems like given the old baseball adage and some broadcasters uh, adhere to it, I know they do it with the Angels, and, and, and they won't talk about a no hitter. It seems like if you're the Pirates, you would have brought it up every eight seconds, right, if that, that – the old adage is that you're going to jinx the no hitter, and it's oh, they get talked broken. about it. I mean, they no, were no, no, but really, it. you got Someone's got to have a stat sheet of about 97 things for you, all about Rich Hill and his history, and and what happens in later innings of games, and where he's at in pitch counts. That's what it should have been. But you understand also the all right. I'm not going to extol the virtues of the opponent. I'm going to talk about our history and times when. Players in pirates uniforms have had fantastic outings. <laughs> you know, you're playing to the home crowd, right? You're not. While well, you recognize that you do have the satellite element and potentially listeners coming from all over the states, you're also playing to the home crowd. They don't want to hear about what um, horrible losers you are at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of horrible losers, I have to say, if you played Powerball, well, not everybody, because. If you played Powerball tonight, and you are likely walking away a loser, right? The, the chances are. It, well, it was over one in a hundred, hundred. Well, two hundred ninety-two million. Yeah, one in two hundred ninety-two million were the odds. 
if you had played the numbers of former Jets quarterbacks, yeah. you would have done well. You would have gotten some money, yeah. Because the numbers that came up were 4, 6, 7, 16, 23, and 26. With 4 being the Powerball number. 4 is Favre, then 6 is Sanchez, then Geno Smith, then Testaverde, and then you had 23 and 26. So if you had played recent Jets quarterbacks – you would have done pretty well. You would have gotten th- at least four out of six. I think going forward, for a year, you have to commit to playing one lottery or the other with Jets quarterbacks numbers. I would go with I would go with four for Favre, six for Sanchez, seven for Geno, ten for Pennington, twelve for Namath, sixteen for Testaverde, and Namath, of course, is the Powerball. That's what I would go. With. Those are my. They favorite. stink. All right. Do I, do I, you know you want you want to hear a funny story after I get out of this? Pat, you want to hear a funny story about Jets quarterbacks sure, numbers? Go ahead. So. But let's finish this now. So you would have done well. Early reports, there wasn't any winners, no winners. Everybody's very excited. Nothing. One winning ticket in Massachusetts. That's it. Thus far, that is all we know of. In Massachusetts. There are winners of a million dollars in about 20 states. There are winners of $2 million, what's called the power play. I didn't know mm-hmm. this existed. Yeah. Uh, but in six different states. And then the jackpot in Massachusetts. And naturally, everybody in the wake of the Kyrie Irving trade, Super Bowl championships, and everything else, uh, saying, yeah, just what Massachusetts needed. <laughs> Another millionaire. Because <laughs> they've had no luck at all. And all downhill. I've got a golden ticket. This proves that you, the Jets quarterbacks could help you win something. Case in point. Alex Teichert, my music, please. Oh, boy. You ready for this story? Yeah. So, no, I need my real music. I need my real music for this I'm story. I'm so excited. So, this is about 12 years ago. And one of our good friends was a casting associate for game shows. And she says to me, hey, we're doing this new game show. She calls me up, like, on, on Friday and says, hey, listen, we're doing this new game show, and we're doing it for producers and for the networks and to see who would want to bid on it to buy it. Can you come in and do me a favor, come in Monday and be our contestant? And I said, you know, and she was like, you know, because you, you're on the radio, all this stuff. Could you come in and do me a favor and be our contestant? And I said, okay, sure. I said, what do you No, just show up, and I'll tell you about the rules of the game and everything. But we're doing it for networks, and there's going to be a lot of people there to bid on it and, you know, come in and do it. So I'm like, okay. So I go in. The game show is Deal or No Deal. How about that? So... I'm the guest contestant now. And for you were deal or speechless because no all of the models were there. And no, there were no models. There were no models. They were doing it. It was a run through for produ- for uh, producers and for networks. So they tell me the rules of the game and everything else, and they go, you know, tell me all these things. And the produ- and the main producer of the show was the host because they didn't have Howie Mandel yet. So I'm up there, and the guy tell you know, uh, you know, and, and they tell me before, like, listen, if you have a story about why you would pick, you know, for your your special case, why you would pick a number. Uh, you know, that'd be great if you had a story for picking the number. I said, okay, great. So we get to the, the game and they go, all right, what do you want your, you know, your personal case to be? And I said, case number 12. And, and the producer says, all right, why? I said, well, I'm a big Jets fan. Joe Namath is my guy and Joe Namath's not going to let me down. And the guy goes, oh, I'm a Dolphins fan. We're on the other sides of the coin on this. And I said, oh yeah, okay. So we go and we play the game and there's no real money involved. I'm just doing it to, you know, getting it down. And it gets down to at the end, I could win, I think it was seventy five grand or like $100. And I said, you know, I can't really win this, so I'm just going to, you know, yes. 
I'm going to go and I'm going to choose I'm going to choose my case. I think it's got the 75 grand in it cuz I figured this is going to only help cuz it's drama. So, they opened my case and it was, you know, 100 bucks. And so it goes, "Oh," and everybody in the audience goes, "Oh," and they go, "Oh," and the guy and the guy you know, now he gets his, you know, he gets it on me. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry you didn't get that. And he goes, oh, and then the one guy from the audience goes, it's because you picked the Jets number. And the guy goes, yeah, because the Jets suck. And the and the host of the show, the producer starts going, Jets suck, Jets suck. And everybody in the audience starts chanting, Jets suck, Jets suck, Jets suck. Jets suck. Going, How did this happen to me? How did this happen to me? Do somebody a solid and that's what you get. That's oh a God, Homer Simpson adage number one. I don't understand. Never try. How did that happen? How did I have the producer and the fans screaming Jets suck at me at the end of doing this thing for Deal or No Deal? Is there any way we can get a copy of this uh, I will. I will call Kim and I will see if she has a copy of it. But he's just going, yeah, Jets, and everybody picks it up. And how has this not been unearthed? If you have a copy of this tape, I want to see it. It's 12 years ago. This is before television, buddy. It was a long time. Before television. And then the show went on to do pretty well, apparently. I think it did okay. Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter. At How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, the night that was for Colin Kaepernick, while this protest tonight in New York is not going to do him any favors. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Great news, great news. You want to save money, switch to Geico. In 15 minutes, you can be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Before we get to Colin Kaepernick, just a little bit more sanity about the whole Robert Lee story. All right, We talked about this a lot last night. ESPN pulls an Asian announcer named Robert Lee from their broadcast of an upcoming Virginia football game. Worried about the memes, the jokes, who knows what else could come because Robert Lee, the same name as General Robert E. Lee, whose statue getting pulled down was the focal point of the protest in Charlottesville two weeks ago that resulted in a horrible tragedy in the death of Heather Heyer and multiple other injuries, something that our country is still trying to come back from. And I saw everybody in the last 24 hours try to hot take the crap out of this and go, oh, it's, look, look at what's going on, this decision, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, like people are going to confuse Robert Lee with the dead guy and all these stupid things that are being done. Because really, to talk about this is as being something that oh, everybody else, you're stupid. To talk about this is it's something that is anything other than, here's ESPN, look, I call it like I see it, all right, and regardless if it's ESPN, if it's Fox, whoever it is. Number one, it's not like ESPN yanked the guy off the air and just said, oh, hey, guess what? You're not doing it. They didn't fire him. They it made for a good headline, him. though. Yeah, they didn't demote him. They talked to him about, hey, do you think this is the best place for you to do a game? Are you worried about anything that could happen to you or anything else? What do you think? And he agreed and said, yes, I'll go do another game. All right, nothing's happened in this guy's career. This guy's fine. If nothing else, he got over. And he's the one. He got over in the last 40 hours. Nobody knew who the hell this guy was. No, now people No know. disrespect, but he's, he's. we're talking about tertiary games on a, on a full slate of college football action that it, he's lost in the shuffle. I mean, I don't know who yeah. those announcers are. And we, no, we nobody, do this, nobody listens. We, we, I mean, we listen, but you don't necessarily distinguish one guy for another unless no. He's the guy that happens to draw your team repeatedly, and then you start making probably <laughs> baseless accusations of how much he hates your team. In this particular case, 
He's a guy on the come, on, on the rise in terms of his stature. But at this point, he's a guy. He's an announcer. You're, you're just looking to try to make a name for yourself with a ridiculous take on, all oh, the downfall of ESPN. Look how horrible. I can't even. Th- it's laughable. It's not. Okay? It's not the downfall of civilization. This, it's, it's really simple. It's really, really simple why this happened. And if you're not just somebody looking for headlines, you understand that, okay, I'm really making this out to be something it's not. I get ESPN's an easy target. They are. Because you, you can't throw your arms around the evil empire. Right? You can't do it. Can't do it. For a long time, ESPN served a body of people who were underserved in society, and that's sports fans. Hey, here comes a 24-hour-a-day sports channel. Wow. Oh, my God. I get to watch sports all day, every day. It was awesome. But then ESPN got really big, and now there's many other places that can give you sports. So now ESPN, it's, it's, the, it's the easy punchline, like blame the NFL, blame ESPN. So I, I understand that part of it. So they're a target. Oh, ESPN, this, they're, they're not showing. They're, they're conducive with society. They don't know what's going on. Here's the thing, and this is why the decision was made was the right one. You don't know what could happen to the guy when he goes to the game. And I don't mean there's going to be people outside that, that are protesting him. I don't, want, I, I don't mean there's going to be guys out with swastikas everywhere. I don't mean that. But could a fan at a game, drunk, decide I'm going to throw a beer at him or something unforeseen could happen that people just think are something funny? Of course that could happen. Of course it could. So they want to prevent a bad situation for this guy and embarrassing headlines for themselves. And here's what you have to understand is the winning part of this. Let's just say the story gets out, ESPN's assigned Robert Lee to announce the Virginia game. The same people who are going absolutely crazy about this right now would say, look at tone-deaf ESPN. How dare they do it? Look at, look at, how stupid are they? You just had a huge rally where someone was killed and you're going to put a guy named Robert Lee in a game? Who knows what's going to happen? Trust me, the same people who are saying right now, standing up on, a, on, on, on planting a flag and saying, oh, look how bad this is and how embarrassing this is, they'd be the same ones going the other way on this story. The same exact ones. So just realize this is about them trying to save a guy from a potential embarrassing situation that they don't know what it could be because nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can't tell me anymore, oh, I know what's going to No, nobody knows what's going to happen. We're in an unpredictable, the most unpredictable part of history in the United States. You can't tell me you know what's going to happen. And it could be something as easy as there could be funny memes. It could be something as someone yells something at him as he's walking in, but it's captured on social media and becomes a thing for this guy. They talked to him about it. They gave him a different game. And he's going to do it, and he's going to do other games. And it, it, it really was, no matter what decision was made, people were going to find a way to go, oh, this is terrible. This is the worst thing in the world. That, that's just how it was going to go. No, that's it. As soon as the leak occurred, it becomes a, a topic that, regardless of their decision, the, you could build the narrative from it. So as we've had it, a full 48 hours of a lot of yelling, talking points, et cetera, on a – third-rate football game and and about a a guy's name and a decision that, in the end, doesn't impact a whole lot of things. Just a a decision to look out for one of their own and and the broadcast partner and those that are part of that broadcast team. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-63. 6-9, the way to get in, or on Twitter, at How About a Fresca, that's on Twitter. 
at How About a Fresca. Coming up in one minute, about 1,000 people or so demonstrated in front of the NFL's headquarters today to support Colin Kaepernick to get a job in the NFL. I'll tell you exactly why this isn't going to help him out and why this story has now morphed into something other than what it should be about. But first, let's find out what's trending. Give it to me, baby. Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith Show. Mike Harmon's calves. You know, just real quick, if you were in Twin Peaks, if you were a character in Twin Peaks, yeah. it wouldn't be you. It would be your voice talking through your calf. That's what it would be. It would I've be already started calf, working on that. Your calf in a room, and that would be Patent the voice pending. coming out. Patent pending. They can't come and steal that now. Oh, they can't? No, they oh, can't. Okay. No, no, no. Because on Sunday, I'm trying to monetize that myself. On Sunday, they had David Bowie's voice in a teapot. How about that? That was sorry. Spoiler alert. Hey, David Bowie's. I'm voice assuming in a he'd already signed on on for that uh, somewhere along the way. It, it might have been a David Bowie impersonator. Okay. Voice in a teapot, though. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, meanwhile, tonight in the National Football League, there was a r- rally in New York. In front of 345 Park Avenue, the NFL headquarters, in support of Colin Kaepernick. Former Niners quarterback who still doesn't have a job in the NFL. People were standing up for him and marching. Susan Sarandon was seen at the Kaepernick rally. Although the video I've seen of her, I can't tell if she was there or she was just like happened to be caught on camera when she was trying to walk somewhere. I couldn't tell. Although she still looked good, Susan Sarandon. She's like 70 and she still looks awesome. Well, there you go. Oh, by the way. So... And there's also the report tonight the NAACP wants to meet with the National Football League to find out why Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Two big points to make about this when you see how this story is now mushroomed. Number one, when this rally happened, I went on social media because I wanted to see. And I got to say, two out of every five tweets were about the evil NFL References to the NFL being a slave league, and that was kind of the tone. I would say not every other one, but maybe two out of five, that was the tone. And that's not going to help Colin Kaepernick. Okay, number one, don't call the NFL a slave league. You don't have to play. You, you could go do something else. You do not have to play. There are many players of all colors who, would love, who, would, who are not in the league right now that would do anything they could to play in that league. And these are not guys who are going to make millions and millions of dollars. They're playing because they want to play in the NFL because they love football, and this gives you a pretty good lifestyle. So you can always not play. It's not a rule. Don't have to go play. People do well. They set themselves up for a great life out of football. Obviously, health concerns are a very big deal, and you're hoping the NFL continues to get safer and hopefully does get safer, but still, people want to play in the NFL. When Kaepernick's message was about kneeling and making sure that people who needed to be stood up for in the United States were stood up for, that was a great message. When it was last summer and last into the fall, when we're we're fighting ourselves, when black men are dying in police custody and police are dying at the hands of assassins, it was horrible. And Kaepernick wanted to show, hey, there are a lot of social injustices right now going on, not just black people, people of all colors. And I am kneeling to protest this, and this really became a story that got bigger than he thought it would be and bigger than than one person could handle. But many other players took up the, the, the cause with him. They kneel, they didn't stand, and we have we are we are right now where players are now routinely doing it for 
and before NFL games. But when the message becomes the NFL is a slave league and Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend tweets out a picture of Ravens owner Steve Bashotti comparing him to a slave owner from Django Unchained. This is not the message. The mess- I mean, You've gotten way off point with, hey, there are social injustices that we need to take care of, and now it's all the NFL stinks. Just like I said a few minutes ago with ESPN, the NFL's a really easy target right now. Blame the NFL and something. Yeah, the NFL stinks. They do a lot of things they struggle at. Morally, they struggle at a lot of things. But when the message is something that, hey, this is tangible and this is something we should all have discussions on, to suddenly now it's, hey, the NFL is bad and they're racist. And to sl- Whoa, 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 whoa. Because that's not, you've gotten too far away from the message. And the other point is this. You can't tell me it's racial. You can't tell me this is racial with Colin Kaepernick. It's either about his politics or it's not. And if you say it's about politics, I'll disagree with you, which I have many times on the show, but I, you, you, you have your side there. You want to believe it's politics? There certainly is evidence there. And as I've said from the beginning, it's a little bit, it's, it's mainly that he's not good, but the politics part of it does play into it. It's kind of 1A and 1B. It's not one or the other. So you have that point. But to make it a race thing, if Colin Kaepernick wasn't kneeling for the national anthem, he's in the league then, right? So you can't tell me it's a race thing because it doesn't matter. Look, if you wanted to say that 25 years ago, I would say, all right, maybe you have a point now. But the NFL, as we as Charles Barkley say about the NBA, the NBA is a black league. The NFL is a black league. The majority of players are black. And they, I just watched 40 black players kneel during week two of the NFL preseason. None of them have their roster spots in jeopardy because of it. None of them are worried about their standing on the team. They're all kneeling for social injustices. So you can't tell me it's about race. It's not. It's not. Like I said, 25 years ago, why aren't there more black quarterbacks? Why is it not? Why aren't there more black head coaches? Now, it's not even a story when, when, when a, a black player comes out of college as a quarterback in the NFL. Great. This is, this is how it goes now. You can't tell me it's about race. You're making it about what it's not. You, politics, yeah, but you want to make it about race? You're losing everybody because it's a kind of a manufactured discussion. And there's many important race conversations we have to have. Many, well, every single well, day. We just can't this is not one of them. Categorically dismiss the message going out in social media. You you referenced it before of the anti-NFL slant when you want a job in the NFL. That's reason enough to just say, okay, we're not dealing with this. Especially if you're at a position where maybe your quarterback position is not unsettled. At this point, NFL teams, at least internally, they have a pretty good sense of how good or bad uh, they're going to be this season. Right? We can all make our best guesses, but internally, they're also evaluating their quarterbacks they're going through the room and wondering if it's worth it to eke out that fourth or fifth win when you're talking about the potential bounty of quarterbacks that are coming in next year because we've actually got a class that you can get excited we'll see what happens when they hit the field collegiately and how many of those guys become also rands in that regard but when we're talking about colin kaepernick and the battle and and the outcry of him to get back on the field we're, we're talking about the the political side of things. And even this, you read a number of articles, it's fractured, right? It's about how the NFL churns out players and doesn't care about their health, which has nothing to do with any of the Colin Kaepernick stuff. But mm-hmm. that's what some of the speaking points were by those out protesting the NFL. I'm like, what does that have to do with any of the rest of this? And the Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Yeah, I think we're all curious how each team sees his value as a quarterback, how much they're weighing 
political stances versus his aptitude and ability to lead their team as a quarterback. We'd like the other side of it. How much is he looking for in terms of contract? How much does he want to get back on on the field? Because the longer he's not playing, the more this stays in the news and becomes a discussion point of the NFL and, and trying to hash things out and substantive discussions occur. This past week, a lot of the, the protests you had, they, they don't go back to those police protests. This is now about Charlottesville. This is about, it's, it's part of the same discussion, but it's expanded. It's changed. And Kaepernick and his camp and Nessa and all these people with what they've put out, at least what's come from people that we know are affiliated with him, that, that's the lasting message right now. So to be saying you, you're beating down the door asking for the job, I think everybody wants to know as we see quarterbacking and we've, we've chronicled the Jaguars and the Jets, among others, in terms of what they're going to put out at the quarterback position, what the stances are and what the, the means to an end are in it all. But right now it's in a vacuum, and this isn't pushing that narrative towards getting him a job. And just think about this part of it, all right? If you really subscribe to the theory that Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed by the NFL, just think about what it would take for Kaepernick to be blackballed. It would be a decision by the NFL and Roger Goodell, and it would be handed down through his office, and that would be then handed down to 32 owners of the NFL, who would then hand it down through their front offices to their GMs and director of player developments and their scouts, and then that would be handed down to their head coach and their assistant coaches. We're talking about thousands of people you, once that's, you start pushing yeah. it across the entirety of the league. And if that and was seven yeah. degrees of separation between Roger Goodell and those line coaches and, and whatever positional coaches would get this. You would say there would have to be about 10 to 15 people, at least, per organization that would know this. All right? You're talking about 32 teams. To, at least three. You say 1,000. I'll, I'll even go. You want to go less than that? That's fine. But uh, you say 1,000. I say maybe more around 500. But that's a lot of but people. But then it becomes talk at the water cooler, right? right. And, and it's because it's yeah. not just coordinator anymore. It starts going into right. all it's of assistant coaches, it's trainers guys that and everything else. And you're like, hey, did you hear this? And that, it, it's going to trickle down to the players if it yeah. gets in the building. Why isn't Kaepernick not here? Somebody would have blabbed by now. Somebody would have let it slip. Kaepernick is being blackballed. Because you know what? He has a lot of supporters. And somebody who would have wanted to sign him on the team that would find out, oh, hey, wait a minute. He, wait, wait, he was blackballed? Oh, they would have found a way to leak that to either a news outlet, to Kaepernick's people, and we would have said, here's evidence. We wanted to sign the guy. Here's an email that says we're not signing him. The NFL told us not to. It, that's simply the way of the world. Somebody would have talked by now, either because they're upset with being told they can't do this or because they agree with his position and think it's unfair for him. They w- We would have known. We simply would have known by now, but we haven't. So think about that when you think it's a league-wide Kaepernick blackball situation. The Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios, 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca. Coming up next, a very special play of the night. Again, you can watch baseball for 120 years. You might not see anything like we saw in one game tonight, Fox. Oh, champagne time tonight. Slide over, baby. Mike Harmon's at some kind of tailgate where they drink champagne and eat cheese like he was last night. You say that like it's wrong. As we sit here in the Geico studio, what's wrong with living the high life? 
Don't pull his finger. Have you, number one, I'm not going to pull your finger. Number two, how do you think, and have you ever been to a tailgate party that has champagne and cheese plates? Yes. Really? I was in the Bay Area for six years. Oh, okay. You see some things. All right. I thought you were going to say- Going North- back at Northwestern. At Northwestern. Yes. I don't even think in the movie School Ties they had that kind of tailgate. That's back when they did that kind of thing, back in the 50s. Oh, Northwestern, there's some some elegance, too, and now there's services you can hire and have them do that for you. Next yeah. level. Yes. Have you seen Kane Coulter play? Oh, yes, he is wonderful, old chap. Do you have any Grey Poupon? Oh, yes, I have it on this I use Grey Poupon all the time. Why do you disrespect it like it's some bougie non-entity in your... In your refrigerator. Yes, Grey Poupon, which was once just called deli mustard, but now when you call it Grey Poupon, oh, it's wonderful. If you slap a label on it and get people to buy it for that, I'd buy it for the fact that it's really good if you smother it and marinate some lamb, and then you, you put it in oven oh, roast it. It's why delicious. Why it got to be a lamb? Why are you going to mention, like, a little baby lamb? Because lamb is delicious. Oh, no, that's horse. No, it's horse. I've not yet tried the horse. A little too. You ever, you ever have that pony sandwich? <laughs> I am debating, though. Next year, debating a trip. Italy may be on there. I may be the guy with the the Al Franken mobile roving unit helmet recorder trying to find that guy with his cart for the horse meat sandwich. Welcome. What would you like? Uh, I'd like the number seven. That's the horse meat sandwich. Would you like it with uh, extra horse or, or just regular horse? I'll take the regular horse. Can I have horsey sauce with it? (laughs) (laughs) Extra horsey sauce. So the play that I come in your way in a second as as the horse runs away. Oh, no, no, you're not going to catch me again. Rich Hill takes a perfect game into the ninth inning for the Dodgers. Logan Forsythe, not lucky enough, is Logan to come up with the grounder leading off the ninth. So the perfect game is gone. Rich Hill gets out of the ninth inning okay. Comes back for the tenth inning. No hitter still intact. And it was intact for four pitches. The 99th pitch of the night for Rich Hill turned into the play of the night. Fly ball, left field, hit well. Going back, Granderson, he leaps up. Did Granderson catch it? No, it's out of the ballpark. And Rich Hill, who did not allow a base hit in nine innings, gives up the leadoff home run here in the bottom of the 10th inning for the home run to end it. And oh, the Grandy Man can't come up with that one. He tried. He gave it the college try, the honest effort. That's all you can ask. That Just is an unfortunate our pitch. Play of the night brought to you by Geico. Great news. A quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So a near-perfect game turns into a no-hitter, turns into a loss no-hitter, turns into a loss for Rich Hill and the Dodgers. And I got, I got to give USA Today credit because they have started to uh, gather together some of the crazy stats coming off of this game. Again, you can watch baseball for 120 years. You're going to say things I've never seen that before. Uh, oh, by the way, Bill Shaken, L.A. Times. Tonight was Rich Hill's first complete game in the National League since September of 2006. 11 in rewind. Years. And oh, by the way, he lost that game too. So Rich Hill in complete games. 
don't go together. The walk-off home run by Josh Harrison. David Adler with this one. Not Steven Adler. David Adler with this one. I've been loaded like... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming out to play three songs before we kick him back behind stage. Frank Ferrara is going to go get a drink. And then the walk-off home run by Josh Harrison was hit just 93 miles an hour at a 33-degree angle. Okay? That combination has been a home run less than one out of every 10 times. 93 miles an hour, 33-degree angle. So what you're saying, this is a special convergence of events that worked against the Dodgers it was, and Rich Hill in this particular instance. It's a lemony snicket thing. Nice, it's it's, a, it's a series of unfortunate events. It, it's really interesting, just all, all these stats as they flow through and, and the great debate that will go into tomorrow on AM570 LA Sports here. Uh, in, in our flagship in Los Angeles and the Geico Studios is should he have been left in? I think Dave Roberts had his opportunity. This was a playoff game. This was a yeah, he, this know, had all the makings of I want to see this guy have his historical mm-hmm. moment and to have our guys have to play on their toes for nine innings plus in this zero zero game. And all it does is curry great favor with the team that the manager has a player's back. When there's something special going on, I'm going to let Rich Hill go out there. We didn't get it done in nine. I'm going to let him go another inning, which means he would have been okay with letting him go 11 innings because if the Dodgers scored a run in the top of the 11th, he would have had to come out to pitch the bottom of the 11th. And look, when you're a manager and and, and the team thinks, are you a manager or are you just going to do what the front office wants, which was the whole thing with Mattingly, and that's why he got fired. And Dave Roberts certainly has taken pitchers out before that have had no hitters. He took Rich Hill out seven innings a couple of years ago. The same thing, Ross Stripling uh, was taken out. Ah, do you have our back? You're going to do what the manager, the management wants you to do. A night like tonight certainly has the team go, yep, Skip's got our back on this. He let Rich Hill go out there. It didn't work out, but it was great that he let him go out. And since we're talking a lot about Los Angeles sports, I'd be remiss if we didn't celebrate the 39th birthday of one Kobe Bryant. Mamba! Mama. I'm going to go watch those Muse Cage videos a little bit. <laughs> Twitter and how about a fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon coming up next. And back is my buddy, Ben Maller, Fox. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her 
roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.